Yo, 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 what's happening? We've been gone for a minute, now we're back with the jump off. I'm just kidding. It's a new episode of Two Tones. It's me, Tony Timberlake 3. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. You can also follow this podcast at Two Tones Podcast on Instagram or Two Two Tones on Twitter. That's the number two, T-W-O-T-O-N-E-S. My co-host is here. What's happening, Ken? What's well, scary, everybody? Um, I'm Tony Lee. Obviously, if you know the show, I'm Tony Lee. If you don't know the show, listen, I'm the best Tony of the show. Um, follow me at Twitter, on Twitter. <laughs> um, look at God, I messed up. No, but follow me on Twitter, at Tony Lee underscore, T-O-N-Y-L-W underscore. Um, Tony's already right. haven't been active for about two weeks, but we got some dope things coming. Like, trust me. Like, this week and the week coming, we got some dope things coming. So, we've been going for a reason. Sure and I was on vacation. Yeah, we were, yeah, I was on vacation, too. I was, so, I mean, and I linked up with the boy. But um, that's enough about us. Uh, we have two special guests with us today. Um, yes, we friends do. of the show. Friends of the show. We, um, introduce yourselves, Queen. Hi, I'm Erica, and um, <laughs> I am not. I might look. You can follow me <laughs> at, on Twitter at Bleezus Christ. L E E S U S C R I C E. I am not the timeline terrorist that they want you to believe. Sure. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. We're not going to lie on this here podcast. She's like the main person. Yeah, she's the main person always tweeting a million tweets about the very show. Sweetheart, you know, you eat the meat and throw away the bones, so. I got some questions for you, too, but we'll get to that. Gotcha. MNA. What's up? This is me, Lene. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at L-E-N-A-E-J underscore. And that's pretty much it. I'm here, ready to go. Yeah, now, you're not going to be dry on this here podcast, neither. <laughs> you said I'm not going to be Don't be dry on this podcast. Don't be oh, trying no, to save your energy. Dry, but, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is two-tone. Listen, you know what I mean? And I'm glad we got two of our biggest supporters. Um, I mean, don't, you know, this is a show for the fans. No our timeline play-by-play. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be dying. I'll be dying, dog. Yeah. Hilarious. We're actually going to get Mike. We're going to get Mikey, but he answers his phone, so he a duck. I ain't going to say, but I'm going to bleep the rest of the things I'm going to say, but Mike, if you listen, listening, I know you're listening, you're a duck. I was going to get you on the show, too, but I'm going to get you on the show, too. He's a clown, boy. He's a clown. He's definitely a clown. Um, they find that boy up. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> uh, oh, that was sorry, Mike. But on the phone with me. All right, all right, cool. But um, yeah, man. So let's kick it off, man. Um, one of the greatest yeah. athletes of all time, um, Muhammad Ali, passed away. Uh, yes. Recently, um, was it? I want to say Saturday. Was it Saturday? I believe. I think it was, it was Friday. It was night. Friday night, Saturday morning, something like that. It was in that transition because it was like late Friday night that I heard he was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, it was right. like ten thirty at night, so it was somewhere in between that and me waking up Saturday morning. He was gone. Yeah, man, was it at the age seventy four? I believe. Yeah, he was seventy four, and it's crazy because I definitely thought he was a little bit older than that. Um, yeah, yeah, right. but yeah, but that's um. What what is your know. legacy? What is you guys' legacy of Muhammad Ali? What's the the thing that sticks out forefront I mean, in your mind? He the greatest. I mean, like, he just, he he is the epitome of an athlete to me. Like, girl, I'm a little bit mm-hmm. older than all of you guys. 
Uh-huh. I'm not gonna put my age out there, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, so you gotta throw like a cougar and... sound effect in on that. The cougar, oh, oh, cougar. Well, look. Oh, wow. <laughs> right, right. Okay, wait a minute. I might give you some. Wait a minute. I'm 35 years old. No, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, but you know, growing up, listening to like my dad and my grandfather talk about Muhammad Ali, he was the African-American hero. Like, he the, he right. could do no wrong. He really stood up for the African-American race. He he didn't take nothing from nobody about, you know, his color, his religious beliefs, or anything. It, it is what it is, and if you don't like it, then whatever. Right. And so he was unapologetically, I know people hate that word because of Twitter, but he really was unapologetically him and that's what I loved about him and so when I found out that he had passed I kind of stayed off of Twitter for a while because I couldn't handle all of the think pieces of you know Mm -hmm. his legacy being whitewashed and and, you know all of that stuff because why is it that when when a black person moves on that you just can't celebrate him. Why is it always something that you have to nitpick or or tear apart or just yeah. try to make it as bigger than what it is? And right, so right. I couldn't let them do that to him, you know. And so my mouth kind of flipped. So I just said, let me just chill out. So, um, but yeah, he's he's just he has such poise in the ring. Like he made boxing what it is today. And, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. you know, he, he made boxing, he trans, you know, everybody want to say about him transcending um, race and things like that. What he really did was he made boxing more than boxing. He made it a show. He made right. it what Floyd, Floyd couldn't get as much money as he get now because if Muhammad Ali wasn't there to make it such a production. People right. watched him not only for his skill in the ring, but for the show that he put on. And then that made boxers after him and during his legacy um, want to do that. And so we got the George Foreman's, and then we got the crazy Mike Tyson's, and, you know, we got the Evander Holyfield's that came with with right. just, like, a swag to it that made black people like that. Hey, I can box, too, you know? So, yeah. I mean, he's just the greatest to me. He's like the greatest of all time to me. I, so, I, I'm going to chime in here. Let me chime in here real quick. Um, I kind of look at Muhammad Ali as the precursor to Allen Iverson in this way. Um, before Muhammad Wait, Ali, on, there were you. black. Huh? I'm trying to include everything. <laughs> no, 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 straight up. No, listen. He got, he. <laughs> no, sorry, listen, this is why I'm saying it. Before Muhammad Ali, there were definitely other black boxers. You have um, the Jack Johnsons. You have um, your Floyd Pattersons. You had these other boxers. And I know I'm forgetting somebody. And I'm going to Joe Lewis, my dad. There you go, Joe Lewis. um, That were, you know, the biggest boxers of their era, of their time. Um, Just much like in the NBA, you had your Michael Jordans. You had your Dr. J's. You had your Kareem Mm -hmm. Abdul-Jabbar's, your Magic Johnson's. And they were, they were black. No doubt they were black. But there was just a different way that Ali carried his blackness that changed how, how boxers after him could carry their blackness. 
in the same way Allen Iverson wore his blackness and, you know, the hip-hop culture in a different way in NBA yeah, circles. You get what I mean? That's what I, that's where I'm going with that. Not I'm not saying Allen Iverson's the greatest. So pound for bound, I might make that argument. That's my boy. Shout out to AI Hall of Fame, all that good stuff. But, you know, getting back on the point of Ali is he's a revolutionary in boxing circles, a revolutionary, um, a door opener, a path, a path, uh, maker, a trailblazer for the black athlete as a boxer. There's no way Mike Tyson could have been who Mike Tyson was if Muhammad Ali had not stepped foot in that ring and outside of that ring being who he was. There was no way for Floyd Mayweather to be the self-promoter that he is without Muhammad Ali doing it first. Right. Yeah. It, it all stems uh, back from there, man. And, but, yeah. You, but but like for me overall, my bad. But for me overall, um, the first image that I have of Muhammad Ali is not, doesn't have anything to do with boxing, but more for his social, um, his social standing, what he stood for socially for black people um, in refusing to enter the Vietnam War um, in standing for yeah. black is beautiful. Um, uh-huh. You know, those things are crazy. I, I, I've come across some things in the past couple of days um, that have really made me appreciate Muhammad Ali even more so than I did. I appreciated him uh, because I had knew about these things and from talking with my grandfather, who that's his number one boxer of all time. So, you know, I've always just had a liking for Muhammad Ali. But I came across um, an interview with him in Newcastle, U.K., in 1977. And he, like, he was asked about his impression of the U.K. And he said, you know, I've never seen cleaner streets and nicer people. He was like, you know, you all out here, I never thought that I would see somebody walking out the Christian faith the way that you guys do. He said that what people right. in my country preach about, y'all do. And I'm like, man, that's sad. Right. That's a sad indictment on the U.S. at that time and even now. But it just was like, yo, this guy, he had respect. He wasn't a, he wasn't disrespectful to the Christian faith, though that wasn't his faith. Um, and then also um, I just saw a piece about him in the early 90s going to Iran and speaking with Saddam Hussein to release uh, prisoners of war. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, he I didn't know that was. I didn't know he had that kind of diplomatic power. But he went over and spoke with him and got him released. Fifteen people, and I'm yeah. like, "Yo, this is this is what you use your platform for." And I thought mm-hmm. that that was what's up. Yeah, man. Um, and like, yeah. Go ahead. I think for me, I mean, I didn't follow boxing closely. But Fifteen people, and I'm yeah. like, "Yo, this is this is what you use your platform for." And I thought mm-hmm. that that was what's up. Yeah, man. Um, like, yeah. Go ahead, man. I think for me, I mean, I didn't follow boxing closely, but whenever you hear his name, you know that he's iconic. You know, impacted me in a way where I'm like, dang, you know, we're losing all these greats from back then, you know, and um, just pulling up different articles about what he's done for his legacy and how he presented himself. I think that's the kind of thing that we need nowadays. Um athletes and whoever to just leave an impact like that so definitely respect him and everything that he's done personally yeah man yeah that's pretty and to echo what y'all said like ali like he trans transcended like box boxing and stuff like pretty he was in the ring right 
his like speech outside the ring was even much more greater. Like you speak on the thing with um, releasing prisoners and then with that, it was a time he refused to go to the army and go in jail and release some uh, lose his title because he didn't want to fight Japanese and people across seas. He's like, why should I fight them? You're my enemy. You know what I mean? Like the enemies mm-hmm. in America, he get of his, his uh, boxing privileges of you know quote unquote fame and not only that, right? But like he was. Uh, like unashamedly black and Muslim at a time where being black and being Muslim publicly wasn't the best thing to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So mm-hmm. he was like undoubtedly black and Muslim at the same time. He, you know, he gave us the name Cassius Clay, and that was the name of his, uh, a former slave owner. So he just owned that name. He found himself in Islam. And you see him throughout history with pictures of Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Prince, you know, a lot of different figures. Because like Tony was saying, like, he's such well-respected he respects the others also, you know, and Ali transcended like boxing. Floyd wouldn't be Floyd today, not just a boxing wise, but like you said. Ali is the king of uh, trash talk. The king of trash talk is Ali. Floyd wouldn't be able to talk how he was if it wasn't for Ali. Floyd talks, but Ali, I mean, that man has some of the dopest, craziest, funniest lines. You know, I'm handsome, I'm pretty. He wants to go to Yeah, like, he wanted to go to heaven, so I took him to seven. Like, he had lines like, he was, <laughs> like, Ali was that great. Like, he was a revolutionary, and I can call him the greatest athlete ever, not just because of his physical. Uh, achievements, but like what he did outside the ring, the black liberation, the consciousness, uh, the uh, peace treaty, uh, what he did for people, the war. Like he accomplished so much and inspired black people. Like we don't even understand how great of an impact he was. And I, arguably, mm-hmm. I put him higher than Jordan on that list because Jordan helped inside the game, but outside of the game, I he he did something I never seen from any other athlete. You know, and he still retains mm-hmm. his legacy lives on. You know, you see his and you'll never see it again. Yeah, you'll never see it again right, because right, people. Right. These these athletes today um, are too worried about losing endorsements and and mm-hmm. their money. So you'll mm-hmm. never, yeah, you'll never see another. Well, I, I don't think in my lifetime I'll ever see another Muhammad Ali who's willing to just risk and Give lose it, it all yeah. for what he believed in. Yeah. And everything is just tied to like shoe money and you know all mm-hmm. these, the, yeah, all these endorsements and image and money is driven. I mean, it's just everything is just money driven. So I don't think we'll ever see another Muhammad Ali and I. I agree. And to all the peach people, let me just go and get this out. (laughs) To all the peach people who was peaching on Twitter talking about he dodged the draft. No, boo boo. He didn't dodge nothing. He just told you no. That's not dodging. (laughs) He stood up for what he believed in. That's not hiding. He didn't hide. He didn't hide from nobody. He just told you no. And I don't know if I saw if this was a quote from him or from somebody else that I saw floating around, but it was like the white man sent the black man to kill the yellow man. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was no reason for that war. Like we wouldn't, you know, it wasn't us. Right, right. So he was like, why should I go fight for something that you causing? And you don't even fight for me here. So I'm just mm-hmm. not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So he didn't dodge anything. He just nice. told you no. And that's yeah, not what he, Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see another one. I think for me, if I can just chime in really quick, I think one thing that stands out the most is that not only can we talk about who he was as an athlete in the ring, but everything comes down to his character and who he was as a man. I think nowadays, like with these athletes, like Erica was saying, like, it's all about shoes and endorsements and stuff like that. And, like, can we really say that their character was impactful, that they, you know, really helped their communities and really made impact like he did? I think that's so important to me. Like, that's what stands out the most. 
personally. Yeah. yeah. Like, did they make you better as a person? Did you walk away feeling exactly. better as a person? Like, exactly. not just a lot of them are great physically. Like, this game is good, but after the game, after the music stops, after the game is like, over. Like, who were they as a man? As exactly. a person, you know. And his name is Muhammad Ali. Let's just, before we end, it's Muhammad Ali. All this cash is clay. A lot of people using it now, see, and think he's just trying to disrespect and call him yeah. cash is clay. He just yeah. owned that name. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't like that name. He said, I'm not a, that's my slave owner, or my past former slave owner, slave owner, whatever. That's not me. I'm new. I'm sound again to respect my name. He's Muhammad Ali. So, I just want to mm-hmm. end off uh, on that also. But, um, yeah, man, the greatest ever. Fighter in, like, Ali. And shout out, shout out to all the politicians and think peace writers who think that now that Muhammad Ali has passed on, that they should speak on him now and call him all types of cowards and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, that's I, I came across so this classless. Dude. It's just... I, I just came across so this dude. He was like a, a, a representative in uh, Tennessee. He was tweeting about how Ali dodged the draft and he was sitting home warm and cozy while young black and white men went to war and died for this country. And I'm like, warm and cozy? Really? You're calling 19, <laughs> 1967 America warm and cozy? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, maybe uh, for you... Martin Luther King and Malcolm X would agree that it was so cozy for black folks. Yeah, it was right. great. His mission was great. He wasn't like, dodging the war. He was dodging those water hoses, though, if you want to go there with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. But his mission was much greater. It's a deeper. If you look at it, it's deeper. Look to his thesis. It wasn't just the war. A lot of people were ignorant. I'm not going to say a certain group of people. A lot of people were ignorant and they want to look at that. He grew. So the, mission, the mission was bigger. The rest of these are the greatest ever. Um... Great legacy, man, and it, it changed a little on to his daughters and his family, man. Um, you know, Definitely. his daughter's fun, too. But out of respect, <laughs> I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna talk much on that out of respect, but boy. Should knock you, you out, know. too. <laughs> you know, she would. She would. If I, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's talk about your boys, man. I, you know, uh, the curry, the curry effect. What, what's going on, man? All right. So let's go let's NBA. Um, so the Warriors are just smacking Cleveland around. I don't mm-hmm. know why you yeah. still think that Cleveland can win this. It's over, dog. Like, nah, huh? it's a wrap. Um, I mean, think about it. Clay and Steph been kind of off, and it's not like they they're off because they. Yeah. It's not like they're taking shots they don't normally take. The shots just ain't dropping, so you know mm-hmm. they're gonna drop eventually. Yeah, and they went in by fifteen and thirty already. Yeah, the Cavs aren't. The Cavs stars aren't. On and the bench isn't on, and the chemistry is crazy. I, I don't know, man. I had, I had a healthy Cavs. If you listen to the show, I had a healthy Cavs winning the whole thing again this season. I, I, I still believe that. They healthy. I still believe that. Let's just let yeah, everybody know healthy. they are healthy. They are healthy. <laughs> Very healthy. Yeah, I know. Kevin I Love got knocked out a little three. bit last night, but he all right. So I think like, the Cavs could get Game Three, but that's about it, personally. They gonna have to lose, man. But if they don't get Game Three, they're getting swept. Yeah, they are. It's over. It is over. Game three or... I'm just going to say amen. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to finish this segment because Eric doesn't know what's going on. I'm just going to say amen. But it goes to show you, too, like, you have to play as a team, though. You can't just have a superstar and think that you're going to get it. Like, they're not playing as a team. And that's what I'll say. Like, in game one, Sean Livingston had 20 points. Leandro Barbosa Mm -hmm. had, like, 11 off the bench. Andre Iguodala had 12 off the bench. Like... These are all bench players, but they came exactly. in ready to play. Exactly. Um, and then in game two, Damon Green had 28. Like, but they bench. It was, they, it's some, it's always somebody say. ready to step up. 
Exactly. Like, who, who the Cavs got even? Like, the Golden State is a better team. Like, seriously. They went and paid for – they are. But the Cavs went and got, you know, Amon Shumpert, J.R. Smith. For this very yeah, reason, but the Richard is. Jefferson got Channing yeah. Fry. And I'm not saying these players are as good as the Warriors players, but they're not, not at all competing. Mm-hmm. They're not even competing so like, with the Warriors bench. The Warriors bench is washing them. And, and we, know, we know what's going to happen. Most likely they're going to blame LeBron, even though I, it's never his fault. I'm, but, I mean. Nah, this ain't his fault. Listen. He's just over. Well, I'll say this. It's not his fault on the court. It is his fault because this is a team he constructed. He orchestrated this team to be made the way it is. So it is his fault ultimately because he's the de facto GM. But, you know, there's a GM who might lose his job. I don't know. I think Kyrie's getting traded. What do you think? I think they're going to trade Kyrie. You think so? I don't think Kyrie and Brian get along that well. I think Kyrie gets Man. traded. Yeah, you can, you can kind because, of say that. I don't think because Kyrie of the way they're losing, I think Kyrie gets traded. Kevin Love might too. Man, Paul George going to the Cavs. I'm going to be heartbroken when it happens. I know what's happening. If Paul George goes to the Cavs, I'm going to be you heartbroken. You think Kevin Love is going to get fired or you think he's going to stay? Bron about to go back to Miami. Hey, Bron is going to Miami. Why would he do that? David Black is chilling somewhere laughing. Yeah, but he's not doing that. He knows he would never want to go back to Miami. He's not going to do that. Like, he, 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 he has common sense. He's not going to do that. I got to gotta find it again, but I seen this video of him talking to D-Wade earlier this season. He said, you know, if we don't get better, we're going to reunite. Like, what? But <laughs> no, D-Wade might come there, though. D-Wade Mello might come to Cleveland. Well, I can't think Man, you know what I mean? so, Wade should never wear another jersey other than Miami. Yeah. I'll say that. I'm, like, I'm he, that. Miami is his franchise. Nah, but no. If there, you, there's no reason for him to wear another great. jersey. No, but him and LeBron together. They could be in freaking Milwaukee, but him and LeBron at chemistry, they're not going to win it yet. Them two together are great together. So it's not necessarily going to be there to be great with Wade. Wade with LeBron and Melo? I shout out to Erica being super quiet. No. But Wade. <laughs> <laughs> if Wade and okay, LeBron get back together, they need a Chris Bosh as the defender. I don't know that Chris Bosh will be healthy enough to do this because the last mm-hmm. few seasons he's, he's been out man. with the blood, the blood ailments. Yeah, that's not nothing yeah. you can play with. But that ain't no joke at all. You could die. Chris, but Chris Bosh is severely underrated for what he did for Miami. Right. And they get good. He's really, really good. But yes, but day, I mean, he gets play. no – honestly, does he really get credit for Miami winning? No. Everybody yeah, thinks Ron and Wade. But he does. Like Jordan and basketball would say that. And you know what? But I'll say this. Know. If you look at the Bulls three-peat, it's specifically the second one. Michael and Scotty get most of the credit, but they don't do that without Rodman being versatile enough to guard seven footers and point guards. Yeah, but I mean, those in the basketball would acknowledge that, but the general public, yeah, they would say Wade, Brown. But that's my basketball. point. That's my point. But that's the general public. I mean, we expect them to really be analysts. I mean, like, you know. No, but you would expect that, you know, the teammates will give him some love, especially since he yeah, was part of exactly. the big three coming in. You, we, we're not going with not two, not three, not four, not five. We went in seven. You got two. All right. Well, speaking of not three, not five, give me your predictions for the final. I'm saying <laughs> I'm still got Cleveland in seven. So, Tony, what's your did we? You said Cleveland in seven? I'm still on my face. Tony, what's up? <laughs> okay. Oh. Hmm. 
I've got Golden State in five, man. I think Cleveland yeah, gets game three. If they don't get game three, I got them getting swept. Yeah, I think Bron. Well, I, I think Bron gets a game in Cleveland, and this one has to be game three. Yeah, I agree. I say Golden State in five. Cavs get game three. I'm trying to have faith. I kind of know Golden State going to be here, but I don't want to believe that. Erica, what you got? Um, I got I got the Falcons uh winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> I got Matt, I got Maddie Ice throwing an interception. You know what? You know what? We we ain't gonna do this. I got Wayne. I got Cam Newton. No, but seriously though, I really want I really want the Cavs to win. I don't watch basketball, y'all. I don't watch you basketball want the until the. I want the Cavs to win. No, I I really um. I, I I like LeBron. I don't watch basketball to everybody that's listening until the the, the finals. Um, so I don't have a team. I just like no. players. So I do like I like Steph Curry, but I like LeBron more. So I want his team to win because I don't know why people hate him. Um, it sounds like so a person why you like LeBron more though. But I ain't gonna talk about that. You you know. But go ahead. I do like, I, but I just don't know why people hate him. I just don't. Miami, you know. Miami things. Well, you know what? Yeah. If some, okay, so if I came to you right now and say, okay, Tony, I, you see, I know you're making, you know, this amount of money at your job, but I want to double what you make, and I want to make it so that you can, you know, you'll be the CEO of this company and all of this stuff, and I'm gonna give you all of this. Would you make a sound business decision to come to a job that's better? For you and your family, <laughs> or would you just stay because my friends want me to stay and my fans want me to stay, you know, all my friends want me to stay here, and I'll I be looked at as weak if I don't move. Now, that's just me. I'm a money person. I'm going to follow my what's better for me. We know because you're the wealthiest person on the timeline. How <laughs> okay, so, all right, we're going to go on to the next. Listen, Eric got money, y'all. Well, listen, also. <laughs> Like, I would, no, I would make a business decision. But we're talking about, again, average fans, especially um, a bitter city in Cleveland. All my Cleveland followers are south to y'all, but listen, they bitter. So it's just average fans. They don't look at the business aspect in the bigger picture. We just so gullible. We're, I don't want people to well, they, they just need to go listen to some Bone Thugs and Harmony and just get over it. You know what I'm saying? Bone, 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 They're at the crossroads. See you at the crossroads. Hey, I'm just not on the and I know it's more than what my little mind can comprehend because I'm not in the basketball, but that's just how I see it. So I just want him to win because of that, really. But I like Steph, too. He's just so wholesome and cute. Yeah, I tell that. I don't talk about that. What happened? <laughs> um, nah, ain't nothing happened. The devil was busy. But now, nah, God said now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever wins, I won't, I won't be mad. So, so one of the news stories kind of, rolling through my timeline is this Stanford rape case. Um, A a swimmer at Stanford University, a former swimmer uh, named Brock Turner, um, was convicted of sexually assaulting a young woman at a frat party in January of 2015. Um, But he was only sentenced to six months in jail. A lot of the outrage comes from this letter well, this excerpt of a letter from Brock's father to the judge. I'm going to read it. As it stands now, no, Brock. It. It's not real long. As it stands now, as it stands now, Brock's life has ne- has been deeply altered forever by the events of January 17th and 18th. 
He will never be his happy-go-lucky self with that easy-going personality and welcoming smile. His every waking minute is consumed with worry, anxiety, fear, and depression. You can see this in his face, the way he walks, his weakened voice, his lack of appetite. Brock always enjoys certain types of food and is a very good cook himself. I was always excited to buy him a big ribeye steak to grill or to get his favorite snack for him. I had to make sure to hide some of my favorite pretzels or chips because I knew they, w- they wouldn't be around long after Brock walked in from a long swim practice. Now he barely consumes any food and eats only to exist. These verdicts have broken and shattered him and our family in so many ways. His life will never be the one that he dreamed about and worked so hard to achieve. That is a steep price to pay for 20 minutes of action out of his 20-plus years of life. The fact that he now has to register as a sexual offender for the rest of his life forever alters where he can live, visit, work, and how he will be able to interact with people and organizations. What I know as his father is that incarceration is not the appropriate punishment for Brock. He has no prior criminal history and has never been violent to anyone, including his actions on the night of January 17, 2015. Brock can do so many positive things as a contributor to society and is totally committed to educating other college-age students about the dangers of alcohol consumption and sexual promiscuity. By having people like Brock educate others on college campuses is how society can begin to break the cycle of binge drinking and its unfortunate results. Probation is the best answer for Brock in this situation and allows him to give back to society in a net positive way. Okay, can, okay, I, can I go? Can I go? Oh, my well, God. Let me, let me, let me okay, go real go. quick. You go. First of all, this pisses me off, excuse my language, because it sounds more, like, it, it it sounds more like a cover letter and, like, you're just shining on his accomplishments and all that he's done and all that uh, he's going to do for the community after that. Like, right. listen to that. It sounds like a freaking resume. Like, he's a great swimmer. He's the letter of recommendation. Why are you trying to oh why are you trying to prove to us how great of a male he is and how great of a role model he can be once he goes back to the college campus to talk about and drinking I'll tell this you and, that. and and all that? Like, that pisses me off because, like, let it be somebody else, and he's going to be called a thug. He's going to be called a criminal. He deserves this, this and that. Like, somebody, mm-hmm. sorry, somebody our color, black. They're not going to have the same opportunity. They're not going to have a letter of recommendation as to why he shouldn't be in jail and why he should only get probation. Like, sorry, it's your son, but he raped somebody. Rape is rape. doesn't matter who it is. If it's your cousin, your niece, your nephew, whoever does it, like, it's rape. And you get, sorry, I'm, I'm pissed. Like, you get the punishment you deserve for that. There's no way mm-hmm. that you can lessen that and try to let your son get away with that. Let it be somebody else who did it to his daughter or somebody. I don't know yeah. if he has other kids, but if somebody did it to his daughter, He's going to want to make sure that guy's in jail. He's not going to say, oh, hey, look, you know, let's put him on probation and have him go to the college campus and teach everybody about drinking and binge drinking and how it's bad for them. You're not going to want to do that. So let's be realistic here and let's honestly say he deserves what he gets. And you said he, he's getting six months. I think it should be longer, yeah. to be honest. Six I think months. that's some The maximum sentence he faced, I read, was 14 years. And the um, – the prosecutors right. were pushing for six years. So they no, weren't even pushing for half of the total sentence he could have gotten. I don't understand what his dad his, was trying yeah. to do with that letter or that. His dad was being a protective father. He's trying to win us over. Like, you're not winning us over. You're only pissing us off because, honestly, like, you just, how do you sound? Like, you're not, you're not teaching, you're not showing your son that he should be accountable for what he's done. 
you're kind of letting him you're kind of saying to him hey i know you raped i know you raped a woman you know what you did but you know you're not eating anymore like okay so that's the side effect of what he did of course he's going to be depressed of course he's going to be down and out about it because you did wrong and you deserve to be held accountable for it like for Mm -hmm. me if i if i if i had a kid i'm going to say you know what i still love you as my son or as my daughter because women can rape you as my son or as my daughter you did wrong but at the same time you have there's a punishment for that. I, I think, okay, this is okay, Brock. I hope you're gonna listen to this because I'm gonna talk to you for a minute, and you and your daddy. Okay, daddy, what you are doing is be trying to humanize a monster in the eyes of the media. You are trying to take a monster and put the human aspects back into his life so people can see that it was justified that he got six months. But let me tell you this. The minute you did that to that woman, you became the monster that your daddy is trying to hide. And I don't know if daddy is trying to hide it because daddy created it, because it seems like daddy and mommy or whoever raised Brock didn't give Brock the 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 consequences for his act. I mean, six months for raising a girl? And then, oh, daddy, you're just going to say that it was an action. No, it was not an action. It was rape. Call it what it was. And sexual promiscuity. No, it wasn't sexual it, No. I, I was, I, okay, I'm not going to say what I was in college. And um, so I think, <laughs> but I will say, what I will say, what that was, was a whole lot different than me raping somebody. So what we're going to do is go and, um, come on, baby. So this is what's happening. So he, he knows that he did that, and he knows that it was wrong, and he knows that it was a monster that could, only a monster that could have done it. So he wants to tell everybody the human side of him. Well, Brock, Brock hasn't been eating and he hasn't been sleeping. Well, coming from somebody who has been raped before, not eating and not not eating your favorite steak and not eating your favorite potato chips and not sleeping a full eight hours is a hell of a lot better than what I and other women went through after that happened. Women have killed themselves because of the guilt, because of feeling dirty, because of, of, you know, thinking that they can't, you know, they're unclean before the Lord because all of these, all, all these crazy ideologies that, that come from everywhere. And you're going to sit here and minimize what I went through and all these other ladies went through because your son can't eat a steak? Oh, my God. If I could get to blocking his daddy right now. He would want way more time in jail than to be there with me because that's just that's just that's just disrespectful to women. You don't value the life of a woman enough to think that this man needed more than six months, more than the six years that the prosecutor was going after. Because I bet you, if Brock was a Brockisha and and was white, and little Leroy went down the street and raped. Her and got six months. They tear the whole courthouse down. It's not fair. It'll never be fair. No, how, no matter how many 
letters that he want to write and sprinkle rainbows all over S-H-I-T, we still know it's S-H-I-T by the way it looks and how it smells. And I hate it. Right. And that's all I'm going to say about that because I'm just done. No, I totally agree. And I'm, that's why I'm glad we got a, a woman's perspective on this, you and Lene. Um, Lene? Yeah, uh, I'm here. No, I'm here. Okay, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm glad we got that perspective, uh, a woman's perspective. But like I said, it's very, to echo what you were saying, um, Erica and Lene, it's very, you, you're trying to, like, first of all, it's white privilege. You know, number one. Um, cause there's no way a black kid could do this and get a letter it's, it's white to, to the judge. Like a black, a black kid with a dog, we get years in prison. Like a dog fight, we dog fight. But he rapes a woman. And like I said, it's an action, but she's going to deal with that mentally for the rest of her life. She, that's going to affect the way she looks at men, look at life. You know, and it's way worse than not even your favorite pretzels, like Erica was saying. Like, it's white privilege and it's male privilege tied up at once. You know, and it's, it's crazy. It's baffling. Like, you see crimes of me, not me, but someone killing a dog, they get about 10, 5 years to come to the police dog. <laughs> but you raise mm-hmm. a woman, and because you're white and you're a young male, well, this white man, they can be experienced life. But let this black man do it. And it's very dehumanizing to the person of all. It's very, like, uh, stomach turning, and it's 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 not fair, man. And it's bad for me. It really is. Like, and honestly, I'm not I'm not surprised because he's white, and that's what happens with white people. They just get the the easy button, you know, with life, and it shouldn't be that way. And it takes people like you know advocating, and but even the judges and the prosecutors, they see the same way. The, I mean, obviously, the father, if they were that serious about it, they would have made the time worse, but. They're playing along right with the father. Oh, you're right. He's not going to eat his favorite steak. You're right. He can't watch the television show. Let me listen to time. But you're right. So it's all about the victimizer, but not the victim in the situation. That's you got to the person who's affected. It's no light shine on her or what she's going to feel about it. It's about the person who's done it. So not the killer, the murderer, but the one who's murdered. You, you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. It's just crazy to me. And yeah, Tony, you can uh, uh, latch on that if you want to. But it, it's just baffling to me. White privilege, man. There were a few things that stuck out to me um, that really just, I I, I don't understand the audacity of this father to write this letter. I understand to a certain degree, as I I guess as a father, you want to protect your child, but this this is something I don't think you can protect your child from. Your child became... He acted as an animal, and he preyed on someone. Um, and then just even the outlook of the actual action of rape. To say it was 20 minutes of action and label it as promiscuity, no, it's not. that was not what happened at all. This woman was yeah, unconscious, man. and your son took advantage of it. That's not sexual promiscuity. Yeah, it's He took something that was not offered to him. This yeah, woman has to live, you know, basically in fear. I don't, she doesn't have to live in fear. Let me rephrase that. She may live in fear the rest of her life in any social uh-huh. setting because now it's like I don't. I gotta watch what I drink. Make sure nobody ever touches my drink. No, I'm not taking a drink from anyone. And I wouldn't say that was a wise decision. That would be a wise decision anyway to take drinks from people you don't know. But I mean, a lot of rape victims are attacked by people they do know. Yeah. So someone you I, make that I, you trust. 
Mm-hmm. How do I, I have two little girls. Mm-hmm. How do I tell my little girls that their lives matter when this guy gets, as a woman, your life matters. When this guy gets six months in jail. He got two trimesters. And it, yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not people, what it's sad. Like it's, it's, really it's sad. people getting life sentences for a pound of weed. <laughs> you know, yeah. so my baby, my baby is not my my life. My 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 daughter, future women who will be, you know, who will be walking around with this guy's potential son. That's what you don't get. This guy may have a son, and say, mm-hmm. well. I only got six months for this. You'll be fine if you do this. Not saying that he would, but if I mean, it's something that I have to think about because if he has a son, when he gets out, he's going to be the same age as my babies. Uh-huh. And so you got people who have never had a serious consequence for anything who may raise kids that same way and feel like they can do anything because they're superior, because they're white, and because they're a man. I yeah, can't kill my babies from that because that's the world. So, how, I mean, what 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 am I supposed to do when you hand it down? I can't say, baby, you got to trust the justice system. We already know that's flawed and junk. So, so, so what do I do with my babies? I don't even want to bring another one in this world. Because I don't know, I don't know what this, what I'm leaving them to. Mm -hmm. And that's just, it's sad. It's just, I mean, it's, it's sad for somebody to just get a slap on the wrist for ruining someone's life. And then, but you know, you get pulled over with like an ounce of weed and, well, let's just say Daquan does. (laughs) He's looking at hard times. Word. Because, oh. you know, I mean, it's, it's sad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, the justice system is trash. The sense of privilege in this country is trash. Everything, you know, we got to try to make solutions. Like you said, what do we do when the justice system is this way? White supremacy is this way. Best thing we can do is hope, pray, and try to make amends and try to advocate and protest and try to, you know, make changes in the justice system by becoming mayors and becoming council men and women. But it's like, it's so crazy at this point. Like I said, it makes you not want to bring a seed in this world. You know, thank mm-hmm. God I haven't brought support in this world that I, I know of. No, I'm joking up. But thank God I haven't brought any in this world. <laughs> <laughs> a little Tony Lee's running around. No, nah, no, nah, I doubt that. I highly doubt that. You know, man, a guy ain't been third. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but seriously, though, like, it's so serious. It's justice. It makes you really not want to have kids if you're trying to spare them from a life of misery. Especially mm-hmm. white. Now, white kids, okay, live your life. It ain't going to happen to a white woman, too, because there's male privilege. There's a male privilege side of that, right? However, mm-hmm. it's different. Like, this situation is a slap in the face to women and to black people, and a black woman especially. So, and a woman especially, too. I don't want to downgrade that, like I said, if any color woman could be affected by this. But it's so crazy, man. It's justice system is trash. It's just the privilege is trash. It's stories like if, this. Like you said, if Brock, Turner was, J- if Brock Turner was Javon Turner, the basketball player at Stanford, six this months would not be a punishment. No. Six months would not be a news. It wouldn't be a news. It would be a story. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even make the news. Like, oh, that happened. Send them away. Like, exactly. It, it's, it's like, it would not have been the same consequences. It wouldn't have been no six months. 
oh, well, he was an athlete, he was this and he was that and that cover letter and all that, like, everything that he accomplished would have been nothing. It wouldn't have been acknowledged. Like, who wouldn't even have cared about that? And that's what, that's one thing, too. Like, it doesn't make me want to have kids. And I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but it's kind of like, well, if I bring them to this world, like, it's going to, it's going to be, oh, I don't, it's going to be hell, just to be honest. Like, it's not, I don't see it getting any better. To be the world is crazy. Parents got to step up. Who are, like, who are black men. Like, they're not going to, they're not going to have it easy. They're not going to be able to get away with half of the stuff that everybody else is getting away with. And it's just, it's really sad to me, to be honest. Like, it's really unfortunate. You, I mean, parents got to step up. This. My mom told me, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't even want to say, you know, black, young black men and young black women wouldn't even get away with the same thing that, you know, some of these white young men and white young women get away with. I don't want them to get away with it. I just want equal mm-hmm. punishment. Mm-hmm. Right. Whoever, regardless. Right. And, and to piggyback off of what you were, I mean, to lead into what I was going to say is that my mom told me this and I tell, I'm going to tell my children this. Listen. And this is what she told me. She said, look, you get in trouble, you, you over, like, a little bit of weed or something, I'm going to tell the cops, look, I don't know where it's at. It ain't here. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to protect you. I'm going to get on your butt, but I'm going to protect you. She said, but if you mess with somebody else's kid, you mess with somebody else's life, then I want you to go to prison. She said, mm-hmm. I can't protect you from that. I want you to have the the uh the consequences that go with that because I darn sure wouldn't want anybody to protect somebody from messing with me and my own. So she says, if you do that, Erica, you hurt somebody, you kill somebody, you can't come to me and say, Mommy, can you help me? You know how people say, I'm going to help my daughter bury the body? Uh-huh. She said, no, ma'am, I'm going to put you in the car and I'm going to take you down to the, you know, and that's how I'm going to raise my kids. You gonna, you, we going to watch some first 48s. We're going to watch some good stuff so I can say, look, depending on what you're in here for, depends on what, if I'm going to give you bail money to get up out of here. You know, because if you got to learn, they have to learn consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, parenting I, I is crazy, to, though. The parenting it's is crazy. crazy. It's, it's not. It's a whole, we're, we're, it's, they want to be like, friends. Yeah, like we have to do what you say. Like parenting should be addressed. Like it starts in the home. But look at this parent. The guy says, you know, as a white parent especially because it goes deeper than their white parent and their grandmothers and the sense of white supremacy and the privilege. The privilege. Everything goes deeper. You know, it's like they have the sense of entitlement, even as parents, white people, for the most part. Like, we're parenting, but as you're white, they don't train them how to be a white person. Like, training a black person or a black woman, you know, raising them up is different than raising up a white male or female. And it shouldn't be. But that's just the reality. And parent, like you said, parenting should be more hands-on. It should be dressed more. You should, you know, tell your kids when they're wrong. Tell your kids when they're right. We don't do that. Like you mm-hmm. said, people want to be friends. They want to do this. They want to live their lives. The kids are having kids. So it's like 19, you want to turn up in the club. <laughs> you left them in the car already three. So it's like all types of craziness. And no one really wants to get to the nail, to the deepness of it. But mm-hmm. we got a flawed system, a flawed system parenting. This world is just freaking crazy. Now, I'm going to think twice about having kids. I'm not going to have them. But when I do, like I said, I'm going to be like you. As Eric was just saying, you know, make sure you own them as a parent. You will still these values in them because, you know, they have their own lives at the end of the day. We're not going to be around them forever. But it's just so crazy that we have to live in this world, not just as black people raise them up this way, but male, female. Got to tell your daughter, listen, white or black, listen, watch this party because some guys may do something, you know, watch your drink. It's just crazy, you know. Um, but 
only thing you do at this point is just pray and raise your kids the best you could, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing we could do and try to yeah. change laws. But really, that's the only thing we could do, man. Um, mm-hmm. So you want to speak back some more on that or you want to get back? Now let's let's, let's get back to let's move on to the next subject. Let's get a little lighter, a little lighter on the subject. Let's talk music. Um, let's do it. Start with the ladies. Ladies, what are what are your musical choices? Like, what genres do you guys listen to mostly? Um, what you rocking right favorite? now? Yeah. yeah, what you rocking right now? Who are some of your all time favorite artists? Things like that. Okay, so I'm gonna let Lene go first. <laughs> okay, so we know um, what you're gonna. You know what I'm about to say, Erica? You said you know what I'm about to say, Erica. Erica, Erica's gonna say Miguel, but go ahead, Monet. Okay, so I'll start with my favorite um, genre. Um, I have two, which is '90s R&B um, and mm-hmm. R&B in general, and dancehall, reggae, soca. Like that's that's my um, two favorite genres. Um, and what else you say? Your favorite artist, and who else? What else? Right now. Who do you listen to right now? Your favorite artist like, listening to right artists now, and then who are your favorite well, right artists now, of like all time? Right now, I'm listening to a lot of different people. Anderson Park. I'm listening to Beyonce's Lemonade. Um, a lot of new dance halls coming out. VV Cartel, um, Popcorn. Um, that's pretty much it. I just listen to a bunch of different stuff. I think I listen to like a lot of older music than what's out now. It's kind of kind of weak to me. Um, mm-hmm. And my favorite artist of all time is Tony Braxton, for sure. I love her. Um, Tony Braxton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I she dope. Her. She dope. She really Definitely. is dope. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, and I think that's your, something that. So for you, I'm gonna ask, what's your top five song of the '90s? Top five songs of the '90s. So she said '90s R&B is your your thing. <laughs> Okay, let me. Can I look at my um, playlist? Really Do top quick? three. Top three. Top three. Cause it's top three. <laughs> top, okay. top three. My favorite top three. Okay. Um, I'm looking really quick. I don't want to take long. This guy's gonna take forever. Erica, no. My, okay. <laughs> my first one, I think, would be. Um. Come and talk to me, Jodeci, but the remix. That's Tony. Them Tony boys. Them boy. The second one yeah. would be. I can't put me on the spot like this. The second one would be. Um, Can I just say something? <laughs> There's two songs. Two songs you like. Not top three. You three songs. Like two songs you like. It's just too many. So I, I I can't really break it down. Maybe another time on the timeline or something when I can actually have time to think about it. But I just love. <laughs> okay, Tony Braxton song. Tony Braxton, okay. Um, love Two more right Um, how could an angel break my heart? And <sighs> breathe again. I think those would be my top three. That's dope. That's okay. what we're working. Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh. But your nineties aren't here. We got that. All you listening, all you single brother in time, my head up. I know she's single, so nineties aren't here. Make your playlist. Tweet on your playlist. Who said I'm making your playlist? But, oh man! Yeah. All right, it's on you. Okay, so um, okay. Well, first of all, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this link in his uh, I'm gonna add him in this with this link to this show. So Miguel, call me, DM me. You know, I'm ready. I'm here. Um, yeah. but, but <laughs> no, but um, so <laughs> uh, 
I'm married. You got a fiance. So, I mean, it don't really, we got, it's just a little baggage. But, um, no, but, um, <laughs> okay, so, okay, seriously. I am listening to right now all types of kids bop and, you know, Disney music. But, um, so I really appreciate you guys, Two Tone, for your, your music and your, um, what's new type take on music because for people like me who have kids, um, and can't listen to that kind of music when they're around and they're around a lot. Um, it's kind of hard for me to keep up with what's new, so I thank uh-huh. y'all for that. Um, but I am a mix of, I mean, it's like no in-between with me. I like soulful music on one end. That's my sophisticated Erica. And then the other Erica, I like all things trap. I love trap music, anything that I can shake my butt to. Um, so I'm real hood, I'm real ratchet, y'all, but, you know, I got a good job and stuff, so it balances out. A lot of money, a lot of money. <laughs> but, yeah, I like a lot of trap music, um, and I think that's because of the way the, this a day and age of lyricism is. It's not really that good, so to to keep me, you got to have an awesome beat because if what you're saying is stupid, which most music is nowadays, unless it's like that soulful type music that I'm talking about, the Jasmine Sullivan's, the um, mm-hmm. Fantasia's, the, you know, all of those, the Anthony Hamilton. Now, that I oh, love. I love Neil Hood. Product color green. Product color green. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Look, you know I'm from Mississippi now. I can cook you some collards. But yeah, um, you catch it clean your own fish. You catch the fish by hand, clean it, cook it, and everything. Like you really do. Boom! Jesus is assistant. On the man. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so I like neo soul type music and then trap music. So it's kind of a mixed bag with me. Um, so who do you like now? Obviously Miguel. That's like your guy right now. Yeah, I love Miguel. I am loving Rihanna for some reason, and that's really weird to me because I, I wasn't rocking with a lot of her um, older albums, but this anti-album is dope. From, yeah, it's dope better. from beginning to end. Yes, yes. She, you know, she needs to give her tips her vocal coach or something, but um, I'm really rocking with, yeah. with anti- Oh, I cannot. Shut up without saying I am a huge Kanye West fan. Okay, um, next. All right, Tony, what's <laughs> she, she gonna keep going about Kanye? I'm so proud of him. You know. You, okay, first of all, I don't sound like that big of mine. Yeah. Ooh, okay, okay, Buck, we we gonna chill. We gonna chill. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a huge Kanye West fan. Um. So he can't do any wrong to me in my eyes. I mean, he's a he's you know nutty as a as an Alabama role as a displaying my country but um yeah i don't know i don't know i don't have a favorite i'm give a mix. three give it to top right. three miguel record so oh, oh my god okay that's real easy yes. top three miguel top three miguel is probably um adorn sure thing and number three is tied with vixen or do you Love them. Love them. So Kaleidoscope Dream would be your favorite album from him? Kaleidoscope Dream is my favorite album. And then um, Wild Heart. And then All I Want Is You. 
Okay. Nice. Now, here's here's my question for top three, because you said you're a Neo Soul head. What's your top three Neo Soul albums? Ooh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> let me see. Um, Neo Soul, I've got to throw in music, uh, which album from you? I love, I love everything from him. Oh, well, you know what? Let me, let me start with first, let me start with India Ari's first project. Okay. I got to start with that. And then I'm going to throw in Jill Scott's first project. Uh, okay. And Jimmy, then, Jimmy. and then for number three, I'm going to go with, dang, I'm conflicted with music. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get back to you on number three because I really, I don't want to say it and it not be it. But it's either, it's either, it's going to be either a, a, a music project or an Anthony Hamilton project. I mean, I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know on that one, but I gotta say, Jilly from Philly and India Ari for Neo Soul. No, what am I talking about? Come on, Erica Badu. Wait, okay, y'all, y'all will have to skip me on this one. Listen, Tony, yeah. go ahead, cause you're going to... <laughs> Tony, give us your. <laughs> oh, that? I forgot. Wait, wait. No, go ahead, Tony. Oh. What, am, what am I giving you? You just didn't you set the criteria. Yo, give me your favorite artist. Your favorite oh. artist right now. You know, your okay. favorite style um, music. My favorite artist right now. Um, dang, man. I, I didn't even think about this. I didn't think he was going to ask me. Um, favorite artist of all time, Michael Jackson, Lauryn Hill, um, Legend. Mace Big. Legend. Yeah. Whitney. Okay, that's one. But, okay, that's cool. Hey, okay. hey Sam, this is our show. Uh, <laughs> so those are my favorites of those are my favorites of all time. Um, my favorites right now are Molly Music, Justin Gray. Um, what else do I like right now? Hey, I'm really blanking right now. Um, who's somebody's album I was just listening to? The Truth. There's one right. of them. Um, and we're gonna talk about him real soon. Um, this is Y'all really going blank. Oh, I forgot about Stevie. My bad, yo. I forgot about Stevie Wonder. Um, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. So, of course. So those my favorites. Um, and then I wanted to answer the like top three Neo Soul albums. So my top three, I'm going with D'Angelo's Voodoo. I knew it. I knew he was going to say. Voodoo. I was like, hold up. That's a good one though. But go ahead. Yeah, I'm counting Lauryn Hill as Neo Soul, so I'm going to Miss Education of Lauryn Hill. Lauren the goat, any job. That's how goat man. That's how great she is. Go ahead. And I really like music's body of work totally, so I have to pick something to represent him. And I think I'm gonna go with Just Listen, his second album, the one with Half Crazy, Don't Change, Previous Cat. Yeah, you oh, you can't go wrong with that. Any really like everything. You can really any music album. You really can. Yeah, anyone. Yeah, man. But Where? Yeah, man, so, so how about you? For me, all time Lauren Hill. I do know that. I ain't gonna go. A, of course, it's like the Michaels, the Stevies, the Jackson, the Marleys, and the Marcus. There's a couple of people, but it's really Lauren Hill. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, 
Anderson Pack and Kate Trinata and Kendrick Lamar, those are and Molly Music, but right now like my favorite three songs in the internet also. So the internet, Kate Trinata, Molly Music and Anderson Pack. So I like, you know, um Get Away, the Internet, uh Kate Trinata, You're the One and uh Sweet, uh Highway Twenty Seven. Those are three songs I like right now. Y'all know that in Thursday, hey. so but it's coming soon. Fire. Early. You early. You early out here. I was I, I left that off the list because I you know, I didn't want to talk about it pretty much early. But yeah, Listen, we'll talk about that soon songs, enough right? too. That's one of my favorite songs. When I hear that song, y'all gonna see why I said that. Um but yeah, those are my Word. three songs and my favorite artists and more and yeah, man. So yeah. But that's the music section. Before we leave, uh Lene, right? Lene is uh starting her own journey in the podcasting field with her friend Reed, also another supporter of the show. Who we, uh, what up, Reed? Um, yes, Reed. Yeah, so um, Lene, tell us a little about that, you know, and what can we expect it, the name and all that, you know, and stuff. Let us know what's up. All right, so it's going to be called State of Mind Podcast, and pretty much me and Reed are just going to be transparent with you guys, talk about our experiences with different things, um, things that have to do with our emotions, our minds, and just giving just different perspectives on things, whether it be gender equality or things that are happening in the world right now. So we're going to be launching that next Thursday. Um, you guys should be able to find more information on my timeline sometime this week. So, again, you can find that on Twitter at L-E-N-A-E-J underscore. And either tomorrow or Wednesday, we should have that up with more information, more details, um, and a detailed summary of what it's about. So stay tuned for that. Oh, we can't wait for it, man. We're going to support. We're going to support and shade at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, that's that's dope, man. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. E, plug your your Twitter and all that good stuff. Where, Where can the people find you? Terrorizing um, of course. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at um, B-L-E-E-S-U-S-C-R-I-C-E, Bleezus Christ. I'm not going to say how I got that. But um, name but, um, my Christian mingle name is... <laughs> no, I'm just okay. playing. <laughs> give, give us your um, tag, your Tinder. Give us your Tinder. Uh, throw that A in a prayer circle, 69. All right, that's time, y'all. Oh, okay. All right, that's all of our time. Good night. But hold on, hold on, hold on. I got one question, fam. This this one's for E. How okay. in the world? How in the world did you get into it with Joe? How did that happen? With Joe Biden? <laughs> yes. Okay. You gonna say Jersey on the podcast? All right, go ahead. Wait, okay, so somebody, okay, you know, he was acting like the state bird that he is, and oh, he was oh. going off. He was going off on some girl. Nah, yeah. <laughs> he was going off on this girl who um had went to his uh his his concert or whatever, and and he got her kicked out and everything, and she tweeted a photo. And she says, I don't know why, it's something like, I don't know why you got me kicked out because it wasn't that many people in there anyway. And so all I did was give the brother some encouragement and say, don't worry about those small concert uh, numbers because Jesus did it with 12. Keep pressing, my brother. And then I got blocked. <laughs> you know what? This was gonna yeah. Yo, I didn't know you said Ah. We're gonna do this again, but we're gonna we're gonna have we can a lot of shade. We're gonna have your biggest like everybody got blocked by on Twitter because I got blocked on C Craig. But the next time we do this, we're gonna put like we got blocked by 
you know, your favorite stories on Twitter. We're going to make this a thing now. And probably the same thing. I don't think I got blocked by nobody. If you block me, you let me let me know that you blocked me. <laughs> Lene, what about you? I've never gotten blocked by anybody on Twitter. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, I'm off the wall, things like that. You got blocked by God in real life or not? <laughs> <laughs> that was All right. That's my time. <laughs> We appreciate y'all. Again, y'all check out Lene Reed's podcast, State of Mind Coming Soon. We appreciate Erica. We appreciate Lene. Another episode of Two Tones. We will be coming this Thursday with more, you know, content about the albums y'all want to hear. We're definitely talking about that. And we got some dope stuff coming soon. I'm telling you. Like, we really do. So, another episode of Two Tones. We signing out. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.